0: watch this meeting. Good morning. I'm in Jeremiah chapter one this morning with a question. The word the question is is what do you see? Jeremiah 1, the words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, of the priests who were in Anathoth in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the thirteenth year of the rule. And it came again in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, up to the eleventh year of Zechariah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah. Till Jerusalem was taken away in the fifth month. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before you were formed in the body of your mother, I had knowledge of you. And before your birth, I made you holy. I have given you the work of being a prophet to the nations. Then said I, O Lord, I see I have no power of words, for I am a child. But the word, the Lord said unto me, do not say I am a child for wherever I send you, you are to go. And whatever I give you orders to say, you are to say, have no fear because of them. For I am with you to keep you safe, says the Lord. Then the Lord put his hand out his hand, touching my mouth. And the Lord said to me, see, I have put my words in your mouth. See, this day I have put you over the nations and over the kingdoms for uprooting and smashing down, for destruction and overturning, for building up and for planting. Again, the word of the Lord came to me and said, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see the branch of an almond tree. Zechariah 2 and lifting up my eyes, I saw a man with a measuring line in his hand, and I said to him, Where are you going? And he said to me, To take the measure of Jerusalem, to see how wide and how long it is. And the angel who was talking to me went out, and another angel went out, and meeting him, said to him, Go quickly and say to this young man, Jerusalem will be an unwalled town because of the great number of men and cattle in her. For I, says the Lord, will be a wall of fire all around her, and I will be the glory inside of her. He says, Ho, go in flight from the land of the north, says the Lord, for I have sent you far and wide to the four winds of the heavens, says the Lord. Zion, go in flight. From danger you are living with the daughter of Babylon for this is what the Lord of armies has said in the way of glory he has sent me to the nations which have taken your goods for anyone touching you is touching what is most dear to him
1: for as to the shaking my hand over
0: them their goods will be taken by those who were their servants and you will see that the Lord of armies has sent me to give songs of joy O daughter of Zion For I am come, and I will make my resting place among you, says the Lord. And the number of the nations will be joined to the Lord in that day and will become my people, and I will be living among you. And you will see that the Lord of armies has sent me to you, and Judah will be the Lord's heritage in the Holy Land, and Jerusalem will again be his. Let all flesh be quiet and make no sound before the Lord. For he is awake and has come from his holy resting place. Here for the soul of this nation, Jesus, for the soul of this nation. It's gonna say, what well, I hear the Lord saying, Let the northern kingdom. in Bethlehem and Dan pledge loyalty to the Lord in Jerusalem the adversary has been in the northern in the north in DC distracting he's been playing a distraction against against we the sons and the daughters of God Jesus, as we enter into this set, Lord. Let the hearts of men pledge loyalty to you as king. There's a great shaking happening in this nation, Lord. We call Israel to come down out of the north. Worshiping at the altar of Bethel and Dam. Let Israel pledge their loyalty to you as King Jesus. Let Israel pledge loyalty to you in this land, Lord. to you as Jesus. i Say to me to, about this: what's what we're actually up against? And, and he he just shared with me: you study the German invasion, and you'll understand what you're up against as a nation right now. And and listen to this: I want I want you to just hear this because we can't take this sitting down. And it's going to require we, the church, are going to have to. And you can feel the pressure in this room. I'm sure you can feel the pressure in this room. But there is a pressure that has come against this nation. And, and we, have, we, we, the church, right here, right now, are going to have to stand in the place of, of even the greater body of Christ um, before the Lord to not take this sitting down. Listen. Listen. Hear me out. Listen to what happened. Listen to this. Paris Alive. This was written by Jean Paul, uh, Sa- I can't say his name, Sartre, in World War II. The philosopher reflects on France's war with Nazi Germany, which began 75 years ago. Listen to what he says. On September the first, 1939, Germany invaded Poland. Two days later, 75 years ago today when this article was written, Britain and France declared war on Germany. World War II had begun in earnest and the Nazis occupied Paris the next year. In the December of 1944 issue of The Atlantic, the French philosopher and playwright and novelist Jean-Paul Sartre paid tribute to the heroism of those who fought Against the occupation. The article he first published in America begins with a contradiction. Never were we freer, listen, than under the German occupation. We had lost all our rights. And first of all, our right to speak. They insulted us to our faces. They deported us in mass. And because of all of this, we were free. You see the contradiction? It's this supposed freedom that will sil- is trying to silence the church under a pseudo-freedom that's trying... And they insulted us to our faces. They deported us in mass And because of all of this, we were free. For Sartre, Sartre, he said, who lived in Paris during the war, the courage to resist suffering was the secret of men. But the perils of the resistance were to be shared. Um. And this is why the resistance was the actual, he says, the true democracy. For the soldier, as for his superior, the same danger, the same loneliness, the same responsibility, the absolute freedom within the discipline. Um, what's going on? I mean, something's going on. And, and we're experiencing it because we're right here at the forefront of it even within this ministry we have to take a stand like th- this is going to happen right now more than ever the church is going to have to st- we're going to be forced to, to stand up and resist You know. and I'm, I say this from the Lord because I had no concept of this coming into this uh, meeting this morning I had no concept and the prophetic voices, uh, even within the church right now, listen, Germany, he, he, the Lord asked me to say this to you, or to look at this, Germany had a philosophy under Hitler. It was called nationalistic socialism. Do you know what that is? That's the right base and the left base put together. They were forming an alliance of nationalism based in the right and socialism based in the left. And you see what happened in World War II off of a nationalistic socialist platform. And this is, I want to say this clearly. The Lord isn't into either one of them. Remember when Joshua crossed over? Remember? And he said, are you for us? Nationalism. Nationalism. Are you against us, socialism? Remember what the Lord said to him that was in the the theophanic vision of Jesus? What did he say to him? Nay, but as a captain of the Lord's host, I have come unto thee. Take your shoes off, for the ground you stand on is holy. Why? Because, listen, the prophetic, a lot of the prophetic voices out there right now are basically equating God to right-based nationalism. I'm here to tell you from my own voice, it's a distraction. And the Lord's going to draw the remnant out right now that are marked by a different principle that he is king because a the Lord is a monarch of the highest order. He is a king of all the kings. He is a Lord of all the lords. And we have to prepare our hearts to shift. A monarch is coming back who has the right to govern the earth and to rule the nations. He's hes not a national social uh, king. He has the right to govern. And he has the right to all the land and to every single soul that is his. He has the right, and there's a war of ideology right now that's going on like never before, and it's going to push us out because we we are going to have to pledge our allegiance to the king. Uh, this is this, is, and it's going it's going to shake us. And it's going to show us where we really stand. But the Lord is. Listen, now, Deuteronomy, he set the boundaries of nations. I'm not denying here that God set the boundaries of nations. But we are saying something different than nationalism. A lot of people are upset because of this right now. And we can't take up a right-based or a left-based position. But Now, hardly anybody is saying this is unfortunate, but, but I want to say this to you. The Lord said this to me last year. He says, son, um, he said, take the, the legitimacy of the red righteousness and the legitimacy of the blue discovery of who we really are. Blend them together. And you get what purple. You're a royal family. Oh, holy priesthood We're a holy nation. We're a royal priesthood a holy nation. Listen The enemy has tried to get us to co-opt for something less than who we really are he, He's been playing a hand against us and keeping us distracted um, John was saying this this morning There's a there's a new jerusalem coming out of the heavens There's a Jerusalem out of the heavens. Um, Moses interacted with this when he went to the burning bush. Joshua interacted with him when he saw the man with his hand with the sword drawn. Jacob interacted with the man who he wrestled with. There's a place on the other side of this, what's going on in our nation right now. And we must give ourselves to him. This is what these uh, events have been scheduled for by the Holy Spirit. to, To pull us through into divine monarchy. It, it, this will be the word, the, the nations, listen, they're going to say, give us a king. And the nations are going to reel against uh, Psalms 2, against the Lord. But there'll be those of us who will say, I'll have a king. And there'll be others that will say, I'll have an antichrist. And right now, this is the shaking. This is why I actually want COVID came. COVID came to actually reveal the hypocrisy that is in the older brother and the younger brother to the right and to the left and to show us the crown. The coronavirus means crown virus. It was meant to reveal, open our hearts up, expose our hearts and show us where we had placed our hope in and it's happening all through the nation's. Listen, Hitler's ideology, listen, Jean-Paul satire, what he says, he gave us our freedom with our silence. And um, we must, we must right now, and this is going to be like the book of Exodus all over again, the Lord is we set our loyalty to you as king look what he's going to bring fire down out of the heavens he's going to show that he is god and that he is the real and living god and right now we we must allow the lord to heal our marriages heal our families uh, heal our aloneness uh, bring true healing the lord is going to demonstrate his life out of jerusalem in our hearts you the royal priesthood, you the holy nation. You we must. We must. We must give our hearts to him. All of ourselves. We must not back away in fear. We must we must right now more than ever. This is what you feel in this room right now. You feel what they were feeling in the World War II when nationalistic socialism was attacking and, and trying to build a right based illegitimacy and a left based illegitimacy against the. We cannot be silenced. Your voice needs to be heard right now before the very throne of grace more than ever. It's called courage, it's called boldness the Lord is drawing us out, Lord. Uh, Tom came up to me this morning and I said, what's the Lord saying to you? And uh, he said, "It's, it's 1 Kings 13, right Tom? And You know, I, I'm going to say this. I, I don't think I've said this too much out loud, but I'm going to say it. Um, about three or four years ago, the Holy Spirit like shared this with me that modern-day New York City, especially in 2001 when the um, the towers were brought down, was as it like it was in the when the nation had split apart. Uh, after Solomon between Jeroboam and Rehoboam that uh, New York City was in this nation was likened unto Dan and, and I don't, you remember that there was an altar a false altar set up in Dan and it was the most liberal altar even in that day it was a very liberal very what people call today progressive uh, altar was set up in Dan the Lord said I want you to see New York City even as unto Dan and, uh, and then he said, now, I want you to see Washington, D.C., as a, to Bethel. Um, the, it was a more conservative altar that was set up in Bethel. And these were two idolatrous altars. And the Lord shared with me, he said, I'm going to build and, and establish uh, Jerusalem in this nation. I'm going to establish a locus of government. And uh, share with us go to Mount Zion go to this place here, I'm going to establish a place that will honor me as king. And, and uh, because I'm going to build, I'm going to begin to transition the church into a focus of king and priest of so the Melchizedek order. I'm going to begin to transition the church and the Aaronic order into the Melchizedek order. And I'm going to establish locales of government within nations. And I don't know where all of them are at other nations. He just said, I'm going to pick this place here. And we'll begin to lay a foundation for government. And, um, and I said, I, I I said, Lord, we'll never get in that place. Uh, we'll never get into that place here. And, and, um, and I, I remember, like, um, at our house, our sewage system just breaks. And it was just this horrible smell and underneath the house and everything, I was just like, oh, I can't take this, Lord. And I was like, you're saying go advance into Asheville downtown. I'm, we're gonna take out the Jebusite stronghold. And like David did in 2 Samuel 5. And I said, when uh, Kara and I had taken a walk and I said, why do you think that the sewage system broke and the Lord said, advance to Edenland, advance into downtown Asheville. And um, and then the Lord reminded me, he said, how did they take the city? How did Joab take the city? And I was like, oh, he went up through the gutter. He went up actually through the sewer line. And the Lord said, because there's no way to take a city where there's pride and pretension. The, the blind and the lame says, you'll not come in there. The blind and the lame will keep you out you'll have a lack of vision and a lack of provision. Blindness is lack of vision. Lameness is a lack of provision. It's like, you'll never take that city. It's like, the sewer, sewage breaks. I'm underneath my house. And I put my foot up on the four-inch line. It all pops and just falls right on top of me. It's so nasty. And Dad helped me with it and everything's It's like, and right after that, we get this facility. It opens up to us. Right in the middle of You know, all that's going on in COVID and all this is like, we'll never get in here. And a Jebusite stronghold gets breached. And the Lord says, you know, I'm going to bring a move of my spirit in the earth. and, And we must stand against, even in our own hearts, this weakness that we experience where the human heart has got itself wrapped up into its own righteousness, legalism and liberalism. We must, we must, we must let the king come in and heal our hearts and purify us by his blood and restore us. we must now more than ever, because there's an assault, even, even of nationalistic socialism like Hitler operated in, that's going to come to silence our voices. And none of, none of us like this, we've been somewhat comfortable. Have we not? We've experienced a sense of freedom and comfort. It's not going, it's, it's changing. But don't think, it's the Lord that's drawing us out. He's drawing us out to say something different. And a lot of these guys that are prophesying, they're prophesying up at Bethel. And this is what Tom was saying to me this morning they're prophesying as Bethel based all, uh, at the Bethel altar and they're prophesying I'm, I'm gonna say this falsely it's a false prophetic because the, the the thing gets on your mind the tree of knowledge of good and evil at the left and right and you can't see clearly and, it's false because it's putting hope in a right-based system. And the Lord will never, never go for that. He goes for Himself. He, he's a King. He, he's, he's He's saying, "Listen, you know." Sometimes we think this is this is hard to go through a place like this, but this is our greatest hour. This isn't our discouragement. This is the great and terrible day of the Lord, but it's the day of greatness for us. It's not the terrible day for us. This is the great day when the Lord begins to liberate us out of that left and the right. And we don't want to hold back. We we don't want to hold back now. We want to press all the way in, man. And we can do that this morning. We can interact with heaven and bring heaven to earth with him and realize the pressure that's come against us the church is the Lord actually drawing us out. You know what's happening right now? There's two underground movements that are about to come on the earth. One is the Melchizedek order and one is the new world order. Listen, everybody knows this, whether they want to say it or not, the old systems, the old wineskins, they're crumbling all around us. The church as it's been represented is not going, it will not last. There'll be more doors closed than you've ever seen. And do you know what? It's the Lord's doing. He's bringing in the end to the Aaronic line of things. But also there's a transition underground movement happening right now in the new world order and it's going to pop up his head. And listen, it's either going to be the branch of God and people, the humility of the branch People want to see the big bling bling and the lights and the show and the technology and everything. The branch is a branch. He's humble. He, he's he's not going he's not going bling bling on everybody to attract the eye. What does Moses look at? He looks at a little scrubby bush and who's in it? God. The branch is. The, the, I, I was back here this morning. He says the branch is rising. Oh, the beautiful branch, speaking of the Lord, is rising. The branch is rising out of the ground. And let us not look at the branch with contempt. Let us not look at humility with contempt in our hearts and be cover over and not see the beauty of who he is. He was fashioned in a way and that we would not esteem him and that we would not look on him. You know, that's how he he would bring his end time move into a place of such humility that he would not be recognized. He wouldn't even not allow himself to be recognized by this pretentious outward appearance thing that's going on and sweeping all throughout the land, like through the social media. He, he wouldn't allow himself to be viewed through all of this outward appearance motifs and all that. He would You would have to seek for him. And that you would find him. You have to look at something and turn aside to see that which doesn't bring outward gratification, but but would inwardly just transform your life. That's the war right now. Do we want all the tech and the bling bling and all this, all, all that? That's or do we want the one who humbly laid his life down on a tree? Which one do we want? And I'll tell you, he's going to defend us. Listen, Jeremiah, Zechariah, he says, I will be a wall of fire around you. Uh, I will bring a fire wall around you. No one can, No one, you don't have to defend yourself. I'll take care of it. I'm going to be a defense system for you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to provide for you, and I'm going to give you direction. I'm going to take care of everything for you. In Jehoshaphat's day, 2 Chronicles chapter number 20, There were three enemies that came against Israel. You know these names, Moab, Edom, and Ammon. These are the three enemies that are standing against the God's people right now. Ammon. Do you know what Ammon means? Study it. I studied it. I studied it in the Hebrew. You know what Ammon means? It means nationalistic pride. It means nationalism. Ammon, listen, Jehoshaphat has an enemy coming against him of nationalism. Number two, Moab. Do you know what Moab means? You know where Moab came from? Lot's incestuous relationship with his daughters, right? You know what Moab means though? Listen to this. Who's your daddy? The idea of Moab is fatherlessness. The idea is fatherlessness that leads to children being murdered. Someone's not going to care for the babies. Someone's not going to take care of their families. Moab. And you know what? Edom represents who, who was the father of the Edomites? Esau. You know what Esau represents? It's like materialism. It's give me my meal now and put my economy first. Before a birthright. Those were the three assaults that were coming against Judah in that day under the leadership of Jehoshaphat. Tell me that that doesn't sound like what's going on in our nation and the nations of the world right now. God is not into promoting an economy over and above his presence. God is not into fatherlessness and not being present and with the children and being present and the fa- heart of the Father, coming to the children and children of the Father. The Lord wants our families restored. The Lord is not into nationalism where it produces pride. He's not into it. You see, socialism and communism is going to solve our problem. Neither is nationalism and capitalism. It's not going to solve our issues. We got to go after him. And listen, we can do that right now in this space. Many souls are at Bethel. When, I, when I'm saying this morning that let Israel come and join with Judah, what I'm saying in effect is let the heart of mankind that has given itself to this left and right dimension break and come in and link arms with the worship of the true and living God. Let us worship Jesus at Jerusalem. Let us worship him and him alone. Let us separate ourselves from Bethel many in the church right now, whether they want to it or not, if they're the Lord's sons and daughter, will have to travel from Bethel and go to Bethlehem. They're going to have to eat from the real bread of life. Bethlehem means the house of bread. And before Israel can ever come to Jerusalem, they must go to Bethlehem. And people don't like this. They don't want to be in a place of obscurity, in a place where they're unseen and unknown. No one likes to look on that kind of humility. It's, it, it, it goes against our nature, our sinful nature. What my wife and I are finding out is what we're learning Right here, right now, as Stephen begins to take us in, you and I have to we have to bend our will and posture our heart in the presence of the Lord. We you have gotta say, you gotta say, Lord, get me get my eyes set on you right now. So now we go into the presence of the Lord, bend my will, bend my to love you and put you first. In this in this, in this set. Uh, just going to read this, Psalms 3. I don't think we've had an event like this, this yet. Oh, man. Psalms 3 says, Lord, how greatly are they increased to make attacks on me and in great numbers they've come out against me. He says, Un- unnumbered are those who say of my soul there is no help for him and God. But your strength, O oh Lord, Is round me and you are the glory and the lifter of my head. I send up to a I send up our cry we send up our cry to you, Lord, with our voice, and He gives an answer from His holy hill. He said, I took my rest and sleep, and then again I was awake. We say you are our support, Lord. I will have no fear. Though 10,000 have come around us, putting themselves out against us, come to us, O Lord, and keep us safe. O my God, for you have given all my haters blows on their face, bones and the teeth of the evildoers have been broken by you or we we claim the salvation comes from you we pray Lord that you would bring blessing down on your people give answer to my cry O God of my righteousness make me free from my troubles and have mercy on me Give ear in my prayer. Oh, you sons of men, how long will you go on turning my glory into shame? And how long will you give your love to foolish things going after what is false? See how the Lord makes his great mercy for us. And the Lord will give his ear unto our cry, let Let there be fear in your hearts and do no sin. Have bitter feelings on your bed, but make no sound. Lord, that we would give forth the offerings of righteousness and put our faith in you, Lord. There are numbers who say, who will do us any good? The light of your face has gone from us. Lord, you have put joy in my heart more than any. Oh, we've tasted the great joy of who you really are, Lord. We've experienced the wildness of your joy. We've had so many wonderful experiences in your presence. Where would we go without your presence, Lord? We have no other place to go but to you. Where shall we abide, Lord, if we don't have you? Our soul cries out for you, the living God. itself, O oh Lord.
1: wanted to read something um, this morning. Today's the first day of Advent, if y'all didn't know that. Um, so, which, you know, Advent, obviously, is we are waiting in anticipation and hope of Jesus' return and um, celebrating his birth. And, and this morning, I was just sitting back there thinking, you know, that um, the enemy wants so bad to um, just... To steal our hope and our joy from us, and because it's a precious gift that God has given us, is our hope, and and He can never really like that's the light that He can never really put out in our hearts. Um, But if I don't know if you guys are familiar with Ann Boscamp, but I'm reading from her blog. Um, Advent doesn't deny the dark within us. Advent isn't afraid of the dark around us. Advent doesn't rush through the dark ahead of us. Advent sits in the dark and yearns for the light of the only one who went to the tree of Calvary to shatter the dark for all of us. Because in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of all kinds of uncertainty, at the end of a year of a whole lot of hurt... It's like the whole world's whispering, We're waiting for you, Lord. Standing there at the prayer table, it only takes me a minute to simply light a candle. We make ready for Him. This Advent season and every season by lighting whatever little lights the Lord has put in front of us. No light too small to be used by Him. Action and waiting. Pointing ahead, looking to Christ and for Christ writes Fleming Rutledge, She said, even our smallest lights will be signs in this world, lights to show the way, beachheads to hold against the enemy until the day when the great conqueror lands with with Michael the archangel at the head of his troops, the day that shall dawn upon us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow, shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. The light from my candle dances up the wall and I'm lit. It's impossible for all the darkness in the world to smother out the light of a single candle in the hand. You can't snuff out hope, you can't smother out hope, you can't stamp out hope because he is coming. There's a pen in the upper drawer and there's a box and a book and a ribbon in our room. And right here on the edge of the Advent, there's this tradition of the night before Advent, a coming and a Christmas that is so glorious, you can't just unwrap it in a day or two, but you have to unwrap it over a whole season. Um, I think that's all I want to read, but um, I was just thinking this morning if, um, if we could... <laughs> Stand up and maybe hold hands, and um, I'm asking you guys to do that, to join, you know, because because you know when the darkness is against us, when when the enemy wants to snuff out our hope, you know, we have our hope. Our hope hope is within us, and and love never fails. And um, I just ask you to to stir up hope within your hearts, to believe. You know, we say Christmas and we talk about believing and that's what it's all about, you know, is is believing. And we believe that he's good and that he is the hope of this world and he's the light of this world. And, And there's absolutely nothing that can snuff out that hope.
0: Do this um now let's um if you have offerings this morning you just bring those forward and and also as you're coming forward uh, we'll go ahead and we'll partake of communion together You know, I was telling someone this week, I said, I, in my whole entire life, have never, and I've never been really excited about being in church. I mean, that's just the truth. And um, I've never looked forward to being among a people as much as I have now, ever in my life. This has been, what we've been going through together has been one of the most phenomenal times, at least personally and um, just experiencing life together with you and being together and seeing what the Lord is doing uh, here. And um, I wanted to, like Kara mentioned this, uh, I'll read this to you because this was going to be a part of my sermon this morning. I, I just want to read it because, and then I'll preach this next week. Remember Mary, though, she says, and and who am I that the mother of the Lord should come and visit me? Uh, Excuse me, Elizabeth said that. She said, who am I? And one of the greatest, I, I think, one of the greatest experiences that many of us will experience right here at the end of the age is that our identity is so... Consumed in Him and assumed up into the in, into the very nature of God. That what characterizes us, or what are we known by, or how are we placed in life, and um, the great I am wants to come and dwell among us and uh, inhabit us. And uh, and I I just for one, even though I don't like some of my own experiences this morning, I'll admit. But I'd rather have the I am come to a place where I say, who am I? I mean, who are we really? And it, and the Lord, he's like saying to me while I'm up here, he's like, do you trust me? Do you trust me in, do you trust me? Where are your eyes? What do you see? Do you trust me? The, the great I am wants to come and habitate himself among us. God is not looking for a visitation. He's looking for a habitation. And I I believe every single one of us, we, we basically signed up for that and gave ourselves to that. And and, and so with that comes maybe this question like Elizabeth was asking when Mary came to see her, uh, who am I? That you would come and visit me. It's the promise, though, that the Lord is coming and, and what Kara was saying of the advent of the Lord. Um, the instant that your sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby jumped with joy. And blessed is she who believed that was spoken of her by the Lord. It would be fulfilled the Lord did not gather us together that he would not fulfill what he has said that he is coming for a habitation He uh, says um, Mary said this and listen to her words my soul exalts the Lord think about her circumstances and where she was at uh, virgin Think about the exposure that was on Mary when the Lord comes to visit her. Think about the experience of that exposure. And she starts to say this, my soul exhausts the Lord and my spirit, listen, has begun to rejoice in God my Savior. Because He has looked upon me Listen to this, in my humble state, God's eyes begin to come to the state of humility. He starts to look on us, and she says, I'm going to exalt you because in my humble state, you looked on me. The Lord had picked a womb, uh, a womb that he could come and impregnate. In humility, God would come. And, not in pride, but in humility. Uh, from, and she says, for now, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. That's a confidence. I will be the blessed of the Lord. And he says, she says, because, listen to this, He who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is His name. From generation to generation, he is merciful uh, to those who fear him. He, w- listen to this. Well, I love that. I love that she said this. He has demonstrated power with his arm. God is going to demonstrate his power <laughs> in the in the humility of the bride in this in times like never before. It's, it, he's he um, says he has scattered those with pride that, that wells up and the sheer arrogance of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones. And he has lifted those up of lowly position. He has filled the hungry with good things and he has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel remember his mercy. As, as, prom, as he promised our ancestors to Abraham and to the descendants forever. So Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months, and then she returned uh, to her home. What What would a womb look like that God would choose to bring a habitation of his son? What would God Himself come and impregnate? What would it look like? You know, all the pretentious walls would have to come down, all the structures would have to fall everything that everything that was even observed would have to be given over to light everything that it would just have to be simple and in hum- humility and i believe that god is carving out a place in us for that very reality here even in this place That son, that son that came forward, our, our Lord, he, some 33 and a half years later from this text, will be sitting at a table with his disciples as he would bring us even this morning to this place and he would say this to us, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. of the new covenant which is poured out for you do this in remembrance of the Lord Jesus we thank you for carving out a space in us you're the holy one you're making a place Holy Spirit where you can come and lift up Jesus in our hearts Lord a place to dwell place where you can inhabit Lord we receive what you've done in this place today and we honor you for it and we bless your name for your good Lord your mercies there endure forever we honor you thank you Father thank you Son thank you Holy Spirit for carving out a place in us in humility Lord we receive your humility may the Lord bless you May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and give you peace. Amen. Bless you today.